0: Welcome to Off The Bench.
1: Yeah, for First Choice Liquor, for all your liquor needs, full house tonight. Great to see these two gentlemen here alongside myself, Benny Jones, Gary Belcher. Uh, welcome to you, Badge. And Scotty oh, you, ben. Sadler also. Welcome to Off Hello, The Hello, Benjamin. Bench. Um, well, uh, lots of news through the and week listening. in NRL circles. Yes, absolutely. Great to have them on board, um, which we're going to get to very, very soon. The big story, the no-fault policy that was announced yesterday by the uh, ARL Commission. Uh, we've got a driver's seat uh, preview ahead of the weekend in motorsport. That season kicking off this weekend in Adelaide and also NRL 2019 season previews for four clubs, Broncos, Raiders, Bulldogs, and Sharks. So a big, big hour ahead. I hope you can stick with us uh, throughout. Let's start there, Badge. Uh, it was huge. All the heavy yeah. hitters in uh, the NRL, uh, the likes of Peter Beattie, Todd Greenberg, they were there front and centre yesterday. Very reluctant Peter Beattie to get in front of the camera. Oh, he <laughs> hates it, doesn't he? Uh, but a lot of this surrounding, you know, Jack DeBellin at the Dragons, where they'd mm. be able, I wouldn't say eligible, but uh, allowed to play in any upcoming trials or, of course, round one. The NRL have uh, handed down a new look, no fault policy. Yeah, I mean, ARL, I should say, The
2: ARL. Um, and for want of uh, a better term, I don't want to use the cliches. You know, you hate them, sats, but uh, the line in the sand has mm. been drawn mm. at criminal charges that carry a penalty of 11 years or more. That which was always going to be interesting. Maybe what they class as a p- p- serious, p- a serious charge. So, so Jack DeBellin has been stood down uh, with pay, and the the no fault uh, terminology, I. Believe is being used so that uh, there's no um, hint that the rugby league, NRL, think, Australian rugby league, think he's uh, believe he's that he's guilty. Yeah, yeah. It's it's because under the rules, this is what we have to do. It's going to be difficult. Um, it's, it's, I think it's going to make things more difficult for him in his mm. in his case. But therefore. Um, Dylan Walker has been spared. Domestic violence uh, charges don't carry uh, as heavy a penalty. Yeah. So that's, is, is, are you comfortable with what the, the commission has done?
3: Overall? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes and no badge. I think we, we needed to change the policy in some way. Of course, the policy at the moment states that anyone that pleads not guilty or... Previous to today, I should say, yesterday is uh, anyone who pled not guilty cannot be stood down yes, in
2: indiscretion of the CEO. There was always that discretion there. Yeah. So they could have stood him down anyway without changing the
3: rules. Probably it's, it's a little bit too many grey areas around that yeah, where yeah. they feel as though that putting a, a policy in place that just basically says if you are charged with a serious, serious charge under criminal civil law, that we can stand you down. It's basically, there's no grey areas around that, mm-hmm. um, whether that's... Whether that can be used as some form of um, prejudicial judgment against yeah. Jack DeBellin with his court case come out is remains to be seen. I think
2: that has been one of the part of the reluctance to date to uh, well, to do anything.
3: But just to mention on the domestic violence front uh, with Dylan Walker under those charges, of course, that's been adjo- adjourned to a later date. Um, you know, I it's a case by case scenario when it comes to domestic violence. Of course, he's been charged with assault uh, occasioning actual bodily harm. Which wouldn't be classed as a serious, serious offence, but based on the evidence, it's compelling evidence, wasn't there? There's a witness, was presented a witness to the, the court, and one of the witnesses is the victim who has made a statement to police that has said she feared, she feared him. She wanted to get to a neighbour. She called the ambulance. Um, th- what she said had happened to her was corroborated by a, a witness across yes, the road. Yes. So, case by case scenario says to me that is a serious, that's a serious issue, and falls under this. On this policy, well,
2: it doesn't because it doesn't carry a, a yeah. penalty of, of eleven years or more. So, therefore, that's why I think the, uh, the the NRL. I'm not saying they've got this right or wrong, but they they are open to criticism, and and that's always going to be the case. Look, one thing's for sure: it's it's like the bunker; it's like every other rule that gets introduced to the, to the game. It's like refereeing decisions. We they won't get it right. It's not going to be perfect. It might be closer to yeah. to perfect, but it won't be. There'll be you know, there'll be we will have ongoing issues and there'll be times where this uh, this won't uh, be as effective as th- we want it to be, this policy. I
3: think Phil Gould really summed it up well in a tweet that he put over the last 48 hours well, before the the decision came down from the NRL and the ARLC. Is, he said, many in rugby league circles will be affected by what's about to happen. The actions about to be taken, of course, this is prior to the decision, will instigate a wide range of reactions. We could witness absolute chaos, welcome enlightenment or even irreparable damage emotions will run high i see few winners and i think he hit the nail rod right on the head there there are there are few winners there mm-hmm. are um also a lot of losers in this as well yeah so um, there are
2: many many outraged people and this is one of the big issues um
1: and I'm not downplaying any of these situations no. against the the players are charged with. And as I've said, it's been a, a big week on that side of things in the NRL. We're going to lighten the mood up a little bit, though, after the break when we get stuck into some season previews. Exciting time of the year, boys. I know you look forward to this, don't you? Your predictions and where you put your neck out on the line and make grando statements True. about <laughs> clubs that are going to win premierships. <coughs> Parramatta Eels last year, Scott Sattler. <laughs> I think you had the Cowboys, didn't you? (laughs) you We're going to look at the Broncos, Raiders, Bulldogs and Sharks throughout the duration of the hour, so stick around for those. Uh, Also catch up with the driver's seat crew, and we'll find out what Badge and Sats are looking forward to this weekend. In the world of sport, we're doing it for First Choice Liquor. For all your liquor needs, you are listening to Off The Bench. You're listening to Off The Bench
3: with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs.
1: And Gary Belcher is here with us as well. Uh, Welcome back to Off The Bench. Uh, Time to get stuck into some of our 2019 NRL season previews, something we do on an annual basis. Of course, the countdown to round one, the season opener is just a matter of a few sleeps away. So it's time to start looking at each and every one of the 16 NRL clubs, who's new, who's left, What's exciting? What's a little bit concerning? uh, Pressure on coaches and the like, uh, and players to watch, of course, who might bolt from the pack. Which team might be the surprise packet in the upcoming NRL season? So we've kicked this off through the week on Sports Day, uh, looking at a number of clubs. We will be winding through all 16 over the next couple of weeks. Uh, A little later on in the program, we'll hear about uh, the Canberra Raiders. We'll also get stuck into the Bulldogs and the Sharks. But we kicked off earlier on in the week with a look at the Brisbane Broncos. And here were the thoughts of Badge and Sats when it came to the boys from Red Hill. Milford off a long dummy half pass. They have to kick over the top. He's setting up a chase for the right. They're after it. Oh, the ball's
0: on the ground. They might score again here, and they will. Darius Boyd
1: will run away and put it down under the black club. One been of the have over here, Well, the first of our club-by-club season previews as the 2019 season is on our doorstep. We start in alphabetical order, as always, with the Brisbane Broncos. Gary Belcher, Scotty Sattler, quick tail of the tape. Last season, a sixth-place finish after the home-and-away season, 15 wins and nine losses. And then, of course, a devastating loss in the elimination final to the Dragons, Mm. where they were absolutely spank uh, Tarek
3: Sims went on a he went bananas, on a rampage. Yeah, three didn't
1: he? before halftime. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, an amazing final, but not the way the Broncos would have liked to have finished their season. New coach, couple of new faces, plenty of departures. Let's talk about them, Brisbane Broncos, and let's start with the new faces who arrive. Scott Sattler.
3: yeah, Sean O'Sullivan, who is uh, coming from the Roosters, played one NRL game last year against the Titans, received a men to match honours for that game, but still going up to the Broncos having to uh, fight his way for that number seven jersey.
2: There's a bunch
3: of good kids coming through as well. It's yeah, going to be tricky Tanner for Boyd, uh, Tom Dearden, Corey Pakes. They're all around 18 years of age. They're all fighting for that, that next wave of the number seven jersey. Of course, young Cody Nicorima, I suppose he's got a stranglehold in that jersey number at the moment, mm. but there's a lot of pressure coming for, behind him. Sean O'Sullivan, one of them. Sean Fenson from the Cowboys yep. has come down. He'll he'll be a, a good stopgap for them. Probably the, the biggest departures was... Of course, Jordan Carhu to the Cowboys. Sam Thiday retiring. I think this young forward pack could have had a lot of benefit out of a player like Sam Thiday for this year, but Josh, Josh McGuire, McGuire, he's too, yeah. the biggest loss. It's, a, it's really been one of those transitions from a player that's flown under the radar this year. and yeah. one of the best forwards in the game.
2: You know, the player that I, you know, there's a, there's a few new faces there you've mentioned, that Thomas Flegler we spoke about yep. earlier on, uh, and there's some great young forwards around. But the bloke that I'm most looking forward to seeing, Matt Gillett.
1: Yeah, he missed
2: all of last year, basically, didn't he? And he's, with that neck problem, uh, apparently looking a million bucks, he's going to be... He he is, for mine, one of the the best one-on-one tacklers in the game and an absolutely outstanding player. If he gets back to his best, that team will be, you know, they'll be able to go ahead.
3: It's like they've had to rebuild him, Badge. Like, they've stripped about six or eight kilos off him. At one stage, he looked like he hadn't had a feed in a few months. Yeah. And then they built him back up where he put about another six kilo of muscle back on. He looks amazing.
2: Surge- surgery yeah. will, will do that to you. Do, mm. well, I mean, you can't do anything. You can't do... I mean, I remember when... I think it was Brad Clyde had a shoulder injury. And when he finally got back into the gym, he was lifting a broomstick... He did yep. that for a few weeks. And yep. geez he Cops. He cops. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was like you doing curls, anyway. I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey boys, I was uh, hanging on to the
1: broomstick. Who, who is the heat on coming into the season? Um, who, who's under the most? I, oh, being a
3: Brisbane team and being a, a one-team town, uh, the pressure's on the entire club, the coach Anthony Seibold. But for me, it's Darius Boyd. I just think playing last year, he looked like he played injured. He had that. He's had a bad back that affects his. Affects his. Uh, hamstrings, which yep. then affects his kick returns. He wasn't as effective in the last part of last year. So I truly believe Darius needs to be at number six and Anthony Milford at number one. That's not going to work. That's not going to happen, I should say. But I think Darius Boyd is under a lot of lot of heat this year.
2: Yeah, look, I agree with you uh, about that. Also about Anthony Milford needing to step up and Cody Nicarema, um and the coach, uh, Anthony Seabold. But mm. I, I'm, a, I'm a, a little bit... Uh, a little bit different than other people. I think one of their big problems is Andrew McCulloch at hooker. Yeah, just I tend not, to agree with I it. mean, I, I admire the way he plays, and he's played for Queensland and he works his heart out, but there's just not enough creativity there. Mm. That And therefore, I find there's always a lot of pressure on their halves. Um, so if they could get him, if he could sort of. Start to, he, he started to get his running game together a little bit late in the season, if he could, or maybe there's another option there. Maybe they do put Nick Moore up there. And
3: for more reports, uh, Badger, you just spoke about Milford. Milford, for more reports, a lot of people have told me internally, and people have been down and watched him train a fair bit, the Broncos this year, he looks like he's gone to another level. It's just a sense of maturity that he's got. He may have got to an age where it's all of a
2: sudden the light mm. bulb has gone on. Is he starting to train harder too? Yeah, would, would help? and it looks amazing. Because that's a problem yeah. for him.
1: All right. The coach, you've mentioned him already, Anthony Seabold. A lot of will he, won't he? Was it going to be this year or next year uh, throughout the summer? But eventually he did arrive at Red Hill. So the pressure on, and as you said, with the Broncos, there's always pressure. But uh, first year of a long-term deal, is it scolding? Is it just hot, lukewarm, or ice cold when it comes to Anthony Seabold? It's hot. No, it's hot. There's always heat on there. but, But it is hot. He needs to get things
2: happening. Yep. Fairly quickly, I mean, there there always is a a bit of a honeymoon period, but you can imagine if they lost their first three games or three of their first four, Mm. there would be pressure on immediately on him.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, And just as a final one, because this is always just a a little bit of fun to finish up with, what are your expectations on the Broncos as far as where they might find themselves at the end of the season?
2: Where'd they finish? Six, six, yeah, yeah, six. I think around six. In
1: a very congested top eight last year, I think a
3: fourth um, young forward pack. The question is going to be, can they? maintain the rage for 24 rounds. Mm. It's going to be a big test of them with really a lack of maturity other than Andrew McCulloch and a few around the team. But in the forward pack, it's going to be a, a big job for that young team. But I think if they can keep them all healthy, mm-hmm. they're going to be really hard to
2: stop. We'll get Payne Hass on the field yep. after his dramas. And David Fafita, what a star he can be. Mm. and
1: Matty, Kittone, Lodge. Matty Lodge, better for the run after, oh, after all the, the drama of last, last year.
2: Last yeah. Yeah, I can, look, I can see that. I still think they're going to be just outside the four, fifth, or sixth.
1: So the Brisbane Broncos there, uh, next cab off the rank, Badgers' beloved Canberra Raiders. Let's see what the boys think. Their attack is flowing with him there. There he is, first receiver. Flat ball to Whitehead to Croker. Lovely ball, Cottrick, yes! Oh, that's brilliant by Canberra. The Canberra Raiders are next cab off the rank as we roll through our club-by-club club season previews. Uh, tale of the tape for the Green Machine, Gary Belcher's beloved side. Last season, a 10th-placed finish with 10 wins and 14 losses. A stack of departures, uh, some handy big-sized arrivals. Uh, Scott Sattler, you might take us through a couple of the key names that jump off the sheet for you there.
3: Yeah, what jumps out at me is that the departures that you do have, have you been able to replace them with like-minded players, or you might your coach might be going down a different path when it comes to the style or the pattern of they're going to play. But the departures were Shannon Boyd, Junior Paulo, two big men. You, you always need one big man in your side. Blake Austin, who was so creative for them. Uh, Charlie Gubb, who's gone over to the UK Super League, um, just to name a few there. But uh, the new faces. Well, two from the English Super League: yeah. Ryan Sutton well, and John a, Bateman. He's a big
2: forward. He is, yeah. Ryan Su- Sutton mm. and John Bateman is what a centre. Yeah, He wants to play in the forwards back row. He
3: wants to play in the forwards. John Bateman, JJ Felice, who I think is a really good a young kid that came from the Gold Coast Kebra uh, Park and went to the West Tigers, and um, so they really haven't they really haven't signed anyone of note. We should say you know, Ryan Sutton, as you said, is a big man. It's going to take him a while to get used to the speed. Of the NRL, he's going to, he's in for a huge shock, both he and John Bateman. Um, but yeah, it's—it's it's, yeah, their, their new faces aren't, um, there's not a lot of marquee play around them. They've had to change up their back line with Jack White and going into 5-8 to add a little bit more thrust around, um, a r- little bit more closer to the ruck. And, and his combination with Jared Croker will be really important.
2: Their record over the last few years of snaring good English players in Hodgson and Whitehead is yep. outstanding. Mm. Those two guys are... They've
3: got to uh, win at home. It they used do. to be such a such a graveyard for visiting sides, but they struggle to win at home. This Raiders side and they got off to a current. poor start
2: last year as well, and yep. it just put them behind the eight ball all the way. I know they were without Josh Hodgson, but um, they, they can't afford to do that. So uh, let's remember the other issue that they have is some changes around the halves. You said I don't think it's a big problem, Blake Austin going, but there's a bit of an unknown around Jack Whiten uh, in the halves there. So w- along with Caesar, along with Sammy Williams yep. as well. At times, and Jordan Rapana is missing. He's such a fine mm. finisher. That's going to be an issue. So, they're yeah. st- And they're still, I'm not sure if Ricky is settled on his starting
1: side. Mm. So who is in Canberra, um, a town renowned for it being a little on the cold side? Who's wearing the most heat at the moment? Is it the coach? Is it is it Ricky? Has no, been I, in the helm for a long time now?
3: I, I think he'll naturally, for me, is Jack Whiten. Yep. He's always wanted to play up closer in the front line. Now he gets the opportunity to do that. He's got to be able to deliver.
2: He was just getting comfortable at fullback, mm. I think, and, and starting to back himself there, and he finds himself up in the front line. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you there. Results have to start coming soon. It's that they are, you know, they're tucked away the Raiders there, and the pressure seems to be not so much on Ricky. But I, I tell you what, another poor season, mm. um, another under season of underachievement, and coming tenth is an under underachievement for a side with that much talent. I think there there will be um, some pressure starting to come. On, on well, Ricky. the pressure
3: never really comes from the board because he's got great support by the club, but it'll start coming from the fans, won't And it? the media. Yeah, cool.
1: Well, just looking at his records, he's at the helm since 2014, uh, 122 games in charge at a winning percentage of 46. Mm. Um, there's been, you know, obviously a couple of seasons there. I think one year they went to a preliminary final. But um, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they do get off to a slow start, whether that pressure does build. So on that note, with Ricky, scolding hot, lukewarm, ice cold, how important is a good start to the sea? I mean, it is oh, for everyone, it's imperative. as I saying. It's but, imperative. Yeah, particularly for Ricky?
3: Uh, no, not particularly for Ricky because, again, he does have support by people in the right places, which he should have as well. That's That's the best way you coach when you do have support.
1: Um, running running out games was a concern early in the year. Last yeah, it, year it is. Fall, yeah. And, and um, yeah. Good for an hour. I it?
3: think it's lukewarm at the moment. Yep. For Rick, I think he's I think he's comfortable, which he should be. Um, but there's always, as Badge said, there's always just around the corner a little bit of heat. It pre- it'll get hotter. If, <laughs> yeah. if they don't. Yep.
2: Start well. Oh, you know, the player for me that really stands out is the one that, that that can lead them to back, you know, back into the finals. Is Josh Hodgson? Yeah, mm. he's an. Well, you finished tenth
3: and just missed the finals. And Miss Hodgson for a large part of that season yeah. mm. is um it says that they weren't doing some things not that bad actually. The Raiders. Yeah.
1: So based on the fact that uh, last year tenth, not overly Sats as you mentioned, active in the uh, transfer market in the off season. What are we thinking with the Canberra Raiders? I'll start with you, Badge. Obviously, your expectations on on where they should be. Well, aiming my up expectation towards. is that they'll be up around fifth. But I'm not. I'm <laughs> not.
2: I'm, I, I, it is. Well, that's what I would. I want to see, and that's what I would expect of that team if I was coaching them. Yeah not um you know I'm not extremely confident that that's going to happen but that's what their potential is to be yeah. pushing on the yeah.
1: pushing at the top 4 we're worth noting sats that they did finish 10th but they were 5 games away from 8th so it was a fair yeah. gap between as we said the top 8 was Chockers, but the we're drop off was pretty at the start significant of here, but yeah. when
3: Hodgson was yeah, possibly the best player in the comp at that stage. Mm. Yeah.
1: So where have you got them?
3: Oh, no, missing the eight, unfortunately. Okay. Which I, I hope I'm wrong because I love watching them when nah, they're on their, on their day.
1: We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. On the other side of it, thanks to First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. We turn our attention to the Canterbury down Bulldogs under Dean Pay and the Canella Sharks, of course, a big upheaval in their coaching ranks, but also some star players have gone by the wayside. Uh, They're always a side to be respected, but can they recover from those losses? The Sharks will find out from Badge and Sats right after this break. You are listening to Off The Bench.
2: You're listening to Off The Bench with
3: Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor
1: needs. And welcome back to the show. Uh, Betty Jones, Scotty Sattler, Gary Belcher's here as well with us, helping us wind into the season previews ahead of the 2019 NRL season. And with just a few days to go on before kickoff, it also means that something else is fast approaching, and that would be the start of, I dare say, thousands, tens of thousands of tipping competitions at pubs and clubs and companies and schools and just, well, even households around the country. Well, thanks to our great friends at Red Energy, We have got our very own NRL Tipping Competition going uh, for NRL Nation. And with up to $32,000 worth of cash and prizes up for grabs, you'd be silly not to enter. So go to the following website, tipping.nrlnation.com.au. I'll say that one more time, and I'll do it nice and slowly so you can jot it down. Uh, Tipping.nrlnation.com.au. Free to enter. Takes about, I think I timed myself the other day, 90 seconds to sign up. And uh, you can get the whole family involved. Weekly prizes, end-of-year prizes, uh, some great stuff on offer. So make sure you check it out. Once again, one final time, tipping.nrlnation.com.au, our NRL Nation NRL Tipping Competition for 2019. Let's get back into its season previews. And where are we up to? Well, the letter let us see. And let's start with the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. A tough year at the office for the Doggies last season. Can they improve on that in 2019? Let's see what Badge and Sats think.
0: Working on that short side for Jackson.
1: Cut-out pass into space. Go the Dogs. Kick back inside. And it's only the Bulldogs. They take it on the chest and they're back to the entertainers of the 80s. What a try that is. The kick on the inside. Hoppawani tracked it down. He could have left it for a teammate as well. And we're not going to the bunker. It's 12 nil, the Bulldogs over the Broncos with 15 to go. Oh, Our man Brenton Speed just uh, delivering that try beautifully for our call cool team at NRL Nation. But, of course, Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Last season, boys. 12th, 8 wins, 16 losses, mm. a long way off. It never really in the mix for a uh, top eight berth. Uh, plenty of departures, plenty of arrivals.
2: Big, big name departures.
1: Yeah, run through a few of them for well, us, please. Well, uh, I think the biggest one is David
2: Clemmer, oh, leader yeah. of their forward pack. And as well as that, the uh, the two Morris boys. This is on the back of um, you know, salary cap dramas that are, that weren't really the doing of, or certainly not of Dean Pay. he's only been there a year, the coach and uh, um, the current regime. But um, Greg Eastwood has had to go. He was on big money and, uh, and, and not quite... Measuring up, um, and a few more, Matt Frawley has gone overseas, uh, Lachlan Burr. And new faces, Sats, I would. I, I dare say the new faces that they have don't quite measure up to the the talent that they've lost. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, we know that
3: the, the loss of David Klemmer is a huge one, one of the biggest meter eaters in the in the competition. But they replaced that with Dylan Napa, who, yeah, like for likeness, aggressive-wise, is, is fantastic. Yeah, got a little bit of an offload in his game as well. Uh, Corey a naira I think, is a really good signing.
2: I think Ooh. he's a rep player this I, year. I, I just thought he was going to be at the Panthers long term. Yeah, for so
3: did I. But outside of that, there's a player that I think we, we need to watch, and we haven't seen a lot of him, and he's a fullback by the name of Nick Meaney. It's from the Knights. Yeah, from the Knights. Fleet footed, very quick, and I think if given an opportunity in the NRL on a week-to-week basis, he could actually form a really good combination with guys like Kieran Ford, who's... Yep. By all accounts, is running freely. Is very fit and mm. um, will need to be at his best. Now, the Bulldogs last year they had they conceded the least amount of penalties. So and they were the most dis, they were most disciplined in the competition. Right, but also they had the highest completion rate as well alongside the Broncos. That, and how do you finish? I mean, so what that and means, they finished twelfth. So what that means is that. They they march up the field really well. And we saw it badge. A lot of the games that we called last year for NRL Nation is they march up the field really good until they get to the opposition attacking twenty metre zone. Yep. They hit shut a, down hit a brick wall about and they've got that. no creativity. And this is what Foreign will add them. This is what Nick Meany will add them, add to them as
2: well. So um Well yeah. another player who's in his uh, you know early early stages of his career and the the player I think that will blossom as well this year having Kieran Foreign with him is Lachlan Lewis. Yeah. Um, really talented young kid. And uh, he, he he burst onto the scene and, and was up to it right from the start. But I think with another season, you know, another a, a full pre-season of strength and conditioning, certainly strength-wise, yep. I, I think he's going to be um, yeah one of their stars this year. Who's the heat on? Uh,
1: probably from one of the more established well, players. I at think the club? Foran
3: and Napa. Napa yeah. comes in to replace Clemmer. Um, he comes in behind the eight ball as it is with, the off-field drama. So he's got to try and change everyone's mindset in relation to him as a person just by playing really well on the field. But Kieran Foran as well. I mean, if Kieran Foran plays every week and they're winning more games than not, he'll be the best player in the NRL. And he needs to be if this Bulldogs team are going to play finals.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, and I think the halves, but I, I think they're up to it. But I reckon the halves, and, and Sats has given us stats that they, they do a really good job of getting up a field with their forward pack despite the fact Clem has gone... I think that'll still be the case, but if, if your halves can't capitalise on that, then your team's mm. under pressure. All of the time. Hence, what they win, eight games last
1: year. Yeah, eight, eight and 16 in total. Uh, and speaking of pressure, I suppose on Dean Pay, as you said, second year, second year in charge, um, you know, the honeymoon period probably over. But
3: I think in his him? favour is the salary cap scandal, and they realise it does take about three to five years oh, to start getting Aaron Woods, didn't on they? they front only out yeah. for a short time. I, but I, I still think as a club, like the Bulldogs, who always demand as close to... Perfection as possible because they've had such a great history. That there's always going to be heat on whoever the coach is going yep. to be. But just in his favour is the is the inability for him to buy a lot of market. A little players. bit of leniency. Yeah, basically. you know.
2: I think we probably should look at it along the terms of with all of these clubs. If if you if you lose four of your first five games, what sort of pressure is going to be on the coach? Yeah. I think there'll be a, a fair bit on Dean Pay yep. if they're one from five starts. Whereas you, well, you know think- you look at some other clubs and you know that coaches have got a a few more runs on the board and you know Trent Robinson Craig Bellamy those coaches of the top teams they're going to be a little more forgiving their fans in the club
3: they've only got one of their first five Um, they've got Home games, right? So they're behind the eight ball straight away. Mm. The Bulldogs,
1: uh, based on all of that, and and obviously uh, those new arrivals, where are we expecting the doggies after a twelfth place finish in twenty? I, I don't,
2: 18. I don't have them near my eight. To be quite honest okay. with you, I think they're yeah, going to be I similar. I've, I've gone through all of the clubs. I've got them around fourteenth. So okay. sorry, Bulldogs fans. I think it's going to be a pretty lean year for you. You've got some stars on the horizon, but yep. With all that salary cap drama, it's going to take more than one or two seasons bit, to
1: recover. Bit more patience required. Sats, uh, where have you got the doggies? Yeah,
3: I, I think n- not far from where they finished last year in twelfth. Yep. Um, I just think some of the other teams above them have improved through their through their recruit recruitment. So yep. yeah, I, I think about the same. But if, if like again, foreign individually himself can turn
2: the fortunes of any side I just don't know if he's got if he's physically up to it because of these injury concerns that are hovering over him he's got support as well guess who
1: Valentine Holmes another double at Suncourt he just had to stroll 20 metres and put it down. We're going to be 10 all this time, but put it down to Seguiaro out of dummy half in a flash. Oh, the two names they're mentioning that highlight from our NRL nation <laughs> calling Extraordinaire Britain Speed. One's now chasing an NFL dream and the other... Well, he's hanging on tenderhooks as to whether he'll be part of the squad in 2019, James Siggiaro. But let's talk about the Cronulla Sharks badge. Uh, stats last season, uh, after the regular season, a fourth place finish, 16 wins and eight losses. As we've discussed at length, uh, they were one win away from finishing top. That's how close it was. But then going through the finals, they lost in the grand final qualifier to the Melbourne Storm, pretty convincingly 22-6. to six. Uh, So let's talk about the Sharks, who's arrived, who's left and... How you think they'll fare this season? Well,
2: really, only a couple of um, notable new faces. Josh Morris, um, uh, he's going to play wing centre, um, came from the Bulldogs, and Sean Johnson, who's a massive, massive get for any club. Yeah. Who the former Warriors star, and he can just be outstanding. Um, uh, you know, are we going to find that? This is the intriguing part for me that. Sean Johnson is not the sort of player that can lead you into the finals, um, and take it and win big games for you, as some suspect over in New Zealand, or is part of the whole problem being the the you know the players around him at the yeah. Warriors yep. that um, haven't been able to get them there. So I, I think that's intriguing because they've certainly got enough talent around. They've got they've had some departures though, and particularly mm. out wide that uh, worries me a little bit. Jesse Ramian, Ricky Latelli, Edric Lee. Who really didn't not cement a place there over his couple of seasons? But he
3: was—he was good backup, wasn't he? He was good yeah, to, backup, like which Val, you always need.
2: And Val Holmes. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's a lot of talent out wide. Kurt dillon has gone. Uh, Joseph Paulo has is headed to uh, St Helens. But uh, an, a biggie for me is Luke Lewis departing, mm. yeah. retiring. Um, he's. Uh, I think he would be sorely missed. They have a lot of experience around that pack, but when you need someone to dig in and make something happen,
3: well, he was quite spir- often it was Lewis. He was Lewis. their spiritual leader. You know, Paul Gallan's their captain, but Lewis is really the one that everyone turns to.
1: And he was one who actually busted across the finishing line. He didn't limp there. He mm. was still playing some good footy right yeah. until the very end and has decided to probably get out while on top. So it, they lose a lot from, from him not being around. Yeah. Um, player to watch, who, who are we keeping close on?
3: Mine's young Sioni Katoa. The outside back. Oh, really? I think he's another Valentine Holmes. He is blistering, blistering speed. His ability to get into open space in the backfield. Um, there's not many better in the NRL when he when he actually learns and develops himself a, how to get there more often than not. Um, I I love watching him play. So well balanced. I I think he's a, a kid really. Is he a centre and a winger? Well, I think he's going to be one of those kids who'll turn into a fullback. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, the, the ones for me to watch are Sean Johnson and and Matty Moreland. Mat- Moylan's slotting back there at mm. fullback now. He did have a a bit of a go there early last year at one point, and I thought he looked pretty ordinary. But I think he's had time to get his head around the fact he's going to be the fullback for if not most of the year, all of it. So, and I've seen in the past that he's he can be quite talented in that department. He wants to play in the 5 role but he's going to play it seems at fullback so I think those those guys will be worth uh, worth the price of admission to watch
1: can I throw one in for the uh, the heat is on uh, and he's a man who's achieved plenty in his uh, his career and and respected in a lot of parts but um, probably not so in others Paul Gallen. I mean he's signed on for what I think this is his 19th season some accusation that Maybe it's one too many, but I guess we'll soon find out mm. soon enough. But there's a bit of pressure on him to deliver. Well, there is
3: because a lot of people are asking why sign him when he's taking the the possible position of two up and coming potential first mm. grade players. Mm. He is very important to the team,
2: and he's he he, he carries his weight. I mean, absolutely. He's ever going to let them down, and yeah. his his role is simple, but it's bloody
1: tough yeah. to be able to do it's what he does, yeah. season in season out, absolutely. So yeah, I, I think the, uh, can, I think he'll measure up. There can always be that risk, and of course we won't know until probably halfway through. But that one year, two, but like you think you're going all right, but it just just gets as they say in boxing, who...
3: you age in one round. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matty Morland, I think the heat is on. Okay, again, getting his head around that I'm going to be a number six at this club for as long as they need me and as long as they want me. Then all of a sudden to be told to go back to fullback and he's got to change his his whole outlook. Badge. You can only comment probably more so than than most that when you're in the front line defensively and also with the defence in your face a little bit little bit um, sooner and a little bit more urgently when you've got the ball in hand as opposed to bringing the ball back from kick to return and having to change his mindset, which is something he's been used to. Mm. But when he had his mm. mindset on being the number six until Sean Johnson arrives, all of a sudden he's got to change his paradigm yeah, a little that's bit. that's right.
2: He can still be a ball player, but quite often he's going to be the ball runner. But he's, he's got
1: silky skills mm. out wide. Yeah. Pretty unique set of circumstances surrounding the Cronulla Sharks coaching position. Johnny Morris. Johnny Morris is the man in the seat for the time being. But, of course, we know that uh, Shane Flanagan was intended to be there. He's been deregistered after uh, some issues harking back to a couple of years ago. So, therefore, with the way that John's come into the job, um, highly respected amongst the Sharks playing group, of course, so there'll be no issues there. But is, is there much pressure on him? No, Or, no, or, or like, as much as...
2: Oh, there's, no. a, there's a honeymoon period there Yeah, mm. for coaches. You're, you're a bit forgiving if things don't go so well. And I think they've got the side here that mm. they're, they're not going to fall in a big heap early and be you know trailing the competition by a long way. And early. he
3: may go through the Dean Pay scenario where they may have to shed some players and it may take yeah. them a couple of years I, I, to to get back on track. I
1: was going to suggest maybe the, the most pressure John has is the pressure he'll place on himself knowing that this is, this is a job audition. He has a good season. It's it's his job. Good part to about lose.
3: Johnny Morris, and half his battle has been done, as we know. As coaching, one of the hardest attributes you got to have as a coach is to have the the ability for players to really want to play for you. Yeah, he's been part of their their wallpaper for quite yep. a while. Johnny yep. Morris, he's a three hundred gamer. Played a lot of years at the Cronulla Sharks, very popular as you said with the playing group. Knows the ins and outs of every one of those players, mm. emotionally, physically. So he's got a bit of a head be. start there. Hasn't he's really? got a head start. Does a lot it, of coaches?
2: Does it concern you that he might be too close to some of these players that he played with?
3: No, I don't think. In, I think in years gone by, yes, I think in this day and age with the the new demographic, the millennials, I don't think so. I think they want a friend as opposed to a
2: dictator. Yeah, but mm. what if if that friend drops them to second grade? Mm. Are they gonna they're,
3: more they're not gonna
1: cop it? They're more sensitive than yeah, well, ever it before. That'll
3: come down to the gumption of, of yep. Johnny Morris then.
1: All right. Final word, boys. Final finish. Where have we got the sharks pencil? I've, I've got in the bottom eight. Uh, okay. no
3: Graham, Wade Graham for half the season. Of yeah. course, remember he did his ACL. Oh yes. Yeah, um, an aging gallon at the back end of the season. Um and no laws, I really only got no one sense. quality centre in in Josh Morris. No backup centres, losing Latelli and and uh, also, Ramian. Jesse Ramian's a huge loss. What does fall in their favour, they don't play a final side from 2018, 2018 in the first five rounds. Oh, okay. And their Fast last Davis. seven yeah. rounds, they play five home games. Yep. So Ooh. that may fall in their favour, but I think bottom eight. Okay.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Bottom of the
2: Bottom eight. of the eight. Okay. Fifth or, to eight. Fifth uh, to eight. Thank uh, you. Why, Graham? how long's he out? About half the season. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I didn't even take that into account. I've got them in fourth again. I think they're... A real battling side, and they're tough, tough to beat at home. So I think they're going to go well, especially with Mm. Sean Johnson chiming in and let's, let's not forget Josh Morris is going to add you know, to that left wing or left left edge.
1: So we'll look at the Sharks, a look at the Dogs, the Raiders, the Broncos uh, big start to our 2019 NRL season previews. We'll have more of those on the show next week. Of course we'll be even closer to kick off uh, Thursday week when uh, things get underway. The Broncos and the Storm. What a way to start the season. We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. Thanks to First Choice Liquor for all of your liquor needs. Up next we'll get a quick little preview from the boys on the driver's seat. Modus Sport kicking off this weekend. Very exciting times. And speaking of exciting this weekend, I want to find out what Badge and Sats are excited about in the world of sport. More off the bench still to come.
3: The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips.
1: Yeah, let's rip into this, because before we catch up with Badge and Sats to find out what they're looking forward to this weekend, one thing I know that a lot of motorsport fans around the country will be thoroughly looking forward to is the return of the supercars. The championship season gets underway in Adelaide, going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, the boys on the driver's seat, Matty McKeldon and Steve Johnson, caught up with 2017 and 18 Adelaide 500 winner in Shane Van Gisbergen. Now, Shane's looking to make a little history this weekend and be the first person to achieve a three-peat On the season opener, Uh, he spoke about his new competition on the track. And of course, the brand new Ford Mustang makes up a big part of that. Here is the boys chat with Shane Van Gisbergen. Um, The Mustang obviously made its debut, track debut from a testing point of view at Phillip Island. I'd imagine you got the chance to sit behind one and see where their strengths are and see how they're going about things. What did you make of it on track?
0: Well, it doesn't look any better in person than it does. <laughs> know, <laughs> it looks crap.
1: But, um, it, it, tell it, us like, what you really think, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks... But it is a, a really good aero car, you know. They um, haven't made it like the rules or like a car at all. It's all just an aero car. So you can see it's got a low on it, a long swo- swooping sort of rear rear area after the rear window, and then a, a big rear wing. So from an aero point of view, it's perfect, and it's... Uh, it's a um it's gonna be a fast car, perform well I am sure. So it's it's done very well then, and they've read the rule book very well to, to get that through. But um yeah, you put it they put it um they launched at the launch to be the, the um, pace car is a Mustang as well, so it's a bit of a shame the pace car looks a hell of a lot better than
1: the race car. I'll tell you what I did see, and I don't know if you've seen it, mate, on uh, online. I have sent it to Matthew when I uh, when I saw it. it. Was a photo of uh, of Scotty Mac when they uh, did their obviously their promo shots, but someone superimposed an AU front bonnet and front front spoiler on the car, and it didn't look too bad. <laughs> Probably right,
0: but you know the cars. The cars, all cars that end up in victory lane, look look good. So I'm sure it'll turn over the season. I'm sure it'll be fast. But um, yeah, not so good at the moment.
1: <laughs> hey mate, how was your off season? What did you get up to? Did you did you normally we would associate you with racing? Absolutely everything. Did you take a little bit of time yep. off, or did you I don't know go rallying somewhere? What did you do in the off season?
0: Yeah, did did everything you just said. So did a <laughs> test day in a rally car and got back on the motorbike, which was awesome. Um, And I went and raced for McLaren and Abu Dhabi, did the 12-hour race there. So that was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, just just heaps of track days in New Zealand and a good time with some friends. So, yeah, loved it. Um, Come back to Australia to the heat.
1: So, boys, just before we sign off, a little look there at what's coming up this weekend on the driver's seat. Um, Yeah, what are you both looking forward to this weekend? I'm looking
3: forward to the Charity Shield. Yes, and. I'm looking forward to it, one, because I love the bunnies. Uh, two, I want to see whether this charity shield game... Mudgee? Yeah, at yep. Mudgee. And that's one of the other reasons I'm really looking forward to it. Taking a game of this magnitude out to the, the community people, I think they'll appreciate it more than what the... The city yeah. folk do, so like it. it has lost a lot of, its, lot of its passion, the Charity Shield. I think by taking it back to the bush, we'll slowly get that back.
1: Good stuff. Mm. Badge for you. I think it's horse racing related. Oh, I, it is, yeah.
2: Well, I'm, I'm interested in a Hard lot of race things, race including it. the V8s, but <laughs> <it's> not horse <laughs> racing. Yeah. But the Quinella in the Chipping Norton has to be... Uh, Winks and Happy Clapper, and you'd be it crazy be Happy if you think it's the other way around.
3: If all of the other horses from the Wallace Stable, Happy Clapper is not getting a
2: place. They're going to gang well, up, aren't they? They're going to gang up. I've just got news for you. <laughs> Happy Clapper came second last time. Yeah. And Winx had to do a bit of work to uh, yeah. know, actually to, to, to take over the lead. So will be so. for
1: 31 in a row if uh, Winx gets the job done there. I think 31 we're up to, is yep. Something 30, like that. 30 and
2: 23rd uh, Group 1, which, which is, is a, a world
1: record, group. and the
2: equal... Uh, for Chipping Norton Stakes, yeah. it has been yeah. won before and, by someone else.
1: Potentially any, her third last race. any of you two
3: know the jockey that rode Winks before Hugh Bowman? Uh,
1: no, no. No, should we? Haven't good
2: good trivia. It is very good. good. trivia question. I think Winks
1: had a few because it, it won four of its first ten races and then obviously has gone on this amazing run since. So I might have chopped and changed. So she's not few.
2: that good. She lost no, we we it's did hear the story about the, the jockey that yeah. has got the saddle from – didn't yeah. realise until Winks went on this great run and then ch- said, yeah. that's the saddle I had for when I was riding on. Who, who was it, Sats? Do you know?
1: Yeah, I'm not telling you.
2: You oh. don't. <laughs> <laughs> happen, hey, this
1: this has been off the Somebody bitch. tell us. <laughs> Bad Sats. Uh, huge, us. huge weekend in sport. Obviously, the countdown onto the start of NRL and AFL seasons, but we've got plenty to enjoy in the meantime. Have a great weekend. I'll catch you same time next week. See, See you, up. Benny.